Mojo Hoodoo Rupert Gower, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, PapaNute.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our, co- our, our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Contraman Ali of thecontraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California, bringing us today's topic on cutting soul ties. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as defined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at form.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Cat and Conjurman Ali. Ms. Cat? Hi, Papa Newt. Boy, I Hello. cut it quick there. I just made it. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> I'm here, though. Um, so, everybody, welcome to the show. And, um, boy, the shop is hopping down there. We've had guests from all over, and that's why I was late. Last minute, lady says, but can I ask your advice? And I'm like, uh, maybe for one minute. And then Shiva comes in and goes, no, you can't. <laughs> and I had to walk out on the lady. <laughs> but uh, we've probably had, um, I don't know, 10, 15, maybe, maybe more than 15 people today. It's just one of those things um, that where everybody has decided the weather is nice and they're going to come up and see us. So... Uh, I want to thank all of our customers. I want to thank everybody who's helping run the shop today. Um, especially a big shout out to Leslie, who's still limping around. <laughs> she's hurt her foot, and she's doing the best she can. I'm uh, doing okay, and um, we got um, Heidi. She's doing okay. We're all kind of here. Margie is absolutely sparkling, and Nicole is sparkling. And Max is here, and Max has um, been here for the summer, and she's going to be leaving real soon to go to uh, college. So, well, we'll see. We're going to miss her. Um, and Jenna is running trains today, and um, and uh, I just want to say there's never been a braver engineer than Jenna. Um, but she's doing great. And so we've been working very hard. Uh, let's see, did I miss somebody? Nicole's birthday party? We had Nicole's birthday party today. We got chocolate cake, so I'm a little speedy and fuzzy. And uh, it was good. It was chocolate, chocolate, chocolate cake. Great. And uh, with extra chocolate on the chocolate. And, um, yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. And Nikki Wilson is here. And so she's holding down the fort, taking orders from customers. So, you have an order, place it online. Nikki will take care of you. So we got everybody working hard, and um, 
got some changes going on in the shop, and I wanted to just quickly touch on them before we do our panel discussion. As I've announced, the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church is open for candle burning again. And people are popping right back. They're finding us again. They're popping right back online and placing orders. And we're very grateful. Um, Of course, that means that people who have gotten out of touch with it for one year and uh, people who are new, but especially those who haven't done it in a year, they're like, I forgot, what's the skew for lighting a candle? What's the skew? (laughs) So we we had a big skew blowout and a little teaching, and um, all the candles are lit. Margie is taken to it. Uh, She's never done it really much before except as a substitute. She's doing great. And uh, what we're going to have now is that um, the candle servers, instead of being a special subset that are the MISC candle deacons, we're going to make it so that anybody who works at the Lucky Mojo shop can be assigned the job of lighting or relighting candles because everybody's taken my course and they all know how. So everybody's a candle deacon now. (laughs) And uh, I think it's going to be a a lot easier going because everybody then can know how to look up the invoices, how to check your candles. You don't have to wait for one special candle deacon to be there. So we're sort of streamlining it and mainstreaming it. The candle services used to be uh, conducted through Lucky Mojo for oh my gosh, a good 15 years, and then they split off and went into their own little world, and we're now, like I said, we're back on the main line again. We're going to do it the way we did before because it seems to go a little easier. So lots of candle setting, um, but that means a lot of new SKUs, and a SKU is, you know, a a stock uh, number. And um, when people work in the shop, they they write down the SKUs of the things they made because we hand make everything. Every day at the end of the day, they write down the SKUs of what they made and how many they made. And um, we were all talking about, well, the candle relighters now need a SKU for relighting because relighting is a job just like lighting. And um, they're not doing it uh, as a candle deacon with that being their full job, so they get a little point for having done that SKU. How many relights did you do in the day? Then Jenna was saying, well, you know, I couldn't do too much today because I was uh, running the trains. And I thought, dang, running the trains needs to have a skew. And then taking the trains off the track needs to have a skew. So now Jenna has skews. Uh, she's a, It's like production. And so we decided, what, what category would that come in? It's not it's not anointing oils, it's not washes and waters, it's not pharmacy. We decided it was household. <laughs> and so household is um, all those, you know, things like, um, oh, you know, scrubbing powders and things like that. That's household. So railroad is part of the household. And um, that's kind of cool. And we also have um, the uh, 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 various cleaning tasks have been given skew. So everybody's got, today was extra skew day and felt pretty good so that's it for me that's as far as i can tell you what's going on here um let me ask um contraband oh one more thing i'm sorry got to interrupt my own self um remember i've been talking about the book project i'm working on well i've made it to page 72 out of 96 that's three-fourths of the way i figure two more weeks and that book will be done and then i'll announce it and we'll have it uh, go to the printer, but I'm still working really hard on it. It's a big project, and I want to make a big shout-out to Carolyn Morrow-Long, who is a researcher and a writer about the history of hoodoo and the history of um, 
uh, New Orleans' uh, magic traditions of voodoo and hoodoo. And also, uh, she wrote a book called Spiritual Merchants, in which she interviewed me many years ago. And she and I have been friends since the 90s. And uh, uh, it's just, she used to work for the Smithsonian. She's retired now. But she's helping me on this book that I'm doing, and I'm going to give her a big shout-out and explain what she's done. So this new book is going to be a, a, a little dip back into Hoodoo's past, but it's going to be... I don't know what you call it. It's going to be given the old cat iron wood treatment. That's all. It's going to be. It's going to be almost unrecognizable when it's all fixed up because I'm such a fanatic about typesetting. Um. Anyway, long story short, that's what I'm doing. All right. How about you, Contraband Ali? What's up with you? I am. I'm. I'm doing great. Uh, I'm very excited about this upcoming book project. I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, so fingers, fingers definitely crossed uh, in regards to uh, that. But I, um, I've been quite busy uh, in my own little world, uh, doing lots of readings and root works for clients. I'm actually uh, doing some fantastic uh, scholarly success, fortune-changing work right now. Um, I think people are are really worried about. Um, op- job opportunities and worried about getting into academic programs. Uh, applications are going to be coming up in the fall. And so I've had a lot of parents reaching out to me uh, and I've been doing work, uh, kind of crown of success work, which is really fun work to do, um, positive, attractive work. Uh, and I've been enjoying that. So it's been an interesting little stint of probably three weeks of people going, my son's going to be putting in an application in a few months. What can I do to make sure that he gets into the, the program that he desires? Or, um, I'm really wow. interested in getting this job. What can I do to ensure getting that job? So lots of that type of work past three weeks. We'll see if it's uh, the trend for the rest of the summer or not, but at least for the month of, of July it really has been. Yeah, we've been seeing that in the Lucky Mojo Forum, too. There have been a lot really? of people posting about, yeah, yeah, about their kids getting ahead and job opportunities. And I've been seeing that in clients, too, uh, clients who really want to um, change their job, change their career, yeah. change where they live, and they want some kind of um, upward and onward success. Yeah. All righty. Yeah, well, it's always good to know that you are busy. And um, mm-hmm. so... Uh, uh, let's see um, what we can do about our panel discussion. So today we have with us Lady Muse, and um, I'm going to tell you a little bit, bit about her before I bring her in, like I always do. So Lady Muse is um, one of my longtime friends and acquaintances in this work, in this field. She's been out here, um, uh, uh, studied with us, took some apprenticeship, We've had a lovely time knowing each other for a long time. She is uh, fairly new to uh, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, and she's also on Hoodoo Psychics. Um, She has her own radio show um, and uh, her own website, um, House of Self-Empowerment. And uh, she is um, a wonderful worker. She has... um, a background in this work that goes back many, many years, great reader, an intuitive reader, as well as a, a, you know, kind of what you might call more conventional, but she does a lot of intuitive reading and, in fact, has gotten me to um, 
think more about adding some stuff to the air site as the editor of the air site about intuitive reading. She um, she's a mother. She's a uh, well respected in her community. In other words, when I talk about Lady Muse, I'm talking about a lady, not a little girl. <laughs> I'm talking about a muse, and a muse is such a an inspiration. And Lady Muse is a musical lady. So I think I've said about all I need to say about how much I value and love her and I'm so glad to be her teammate associate in air. Um, so let's let's say hi. Let's bring you on, Lady Muse. Say hello. Welcome, welcome. welcome. Well, hello there, Miss Cat. Contraman Ellie. Hello, hello. Hello. Yeah, it's always good to have you here and it's always good to hear your voice. So it's good to you be here. Yeah. So um, tell us just briefly what's going on in your um, corner of the world. What kind of work are you doing lately? Okay. Well, lately um, we've been kind of focusing on missing children and abused children. So we've been doing work in order to uh, find missing children and and to uh, bring justice to those children who have been abused. So that's what we've been kind of working on on my end. Uh Uh-huh. We're really excited about that. That's a that's amazing work. It's a very tragic situation, but um, you know, um, I've had a few friends over the years who have been gifted for this, and often, unfortunately, what you find isn't good. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it doesn't work out for the best, but um, certainly bringing justice to the front. What a mm-hmm. what a great empowerment that is for the family the relatives, and in some cases for those who were abused, even after exactly. many years, after many years reclaiming their space mm-hmm. it's, um, and their boundaries. It's very important work. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. When I was saying, folks, this lady is a lady. She's not some little witchy girl. Thank you so much because you are a, a woman of great power, um, a, a, a really a, a strong woman, and this is very. This work requires a lot of mental strength because you're going to be holding people's, uh, you know, holding people's heart in your hand. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. Yes, ma'am. And you have yes, to ma'am. you have to uplift them. That's that's deep work, very deep. All right. Well, our our topic is no less deep. It's exactly what we'd expect from <laughs> Lady Muse. <laughs> this topic, I'm going to just quickly talk about it. Is breaking okay. soul ties. Now, what does that mean, soul ties? Well, just recently in the Lucky Mojo forum, somebody wrote a what I would consider a beginner's question: Is it possible mm-hmm. to someone in, intrude in your dreams? Oh yes, ma'am. They certainly can intrude in your dreams. Mm-hmm. And with that comes very the much question, so. Yeah, with that comes the question: How do they do that thing? Well, mm-hmm. they do it through. Um, a number of techniques. One might be um, astral travel, uh, so-called silver cord travel. Another might be using a skull candle. Another might be using your photo, certain prayers, mm-hmm. and um, possibly a doll. And they can intrude in your dreams. They can, if they know you well enough. They can launder your bed sheets and give mm-hmm. you restless sleep. They can put something under your bed. And don't think that people who were... Mm, uh, hired to be domestics haven't put somebody under their somebody's bed, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these things happen. Think about it. So that's just getting into people's dreams. Then 
let's say we go a step farther. Now, your dream is connected to your soul very, very intimately because your dream life and your soul life are intertwined in a way that, um, well, your physical body is too, but we don't always investigate these interior metaphysical processes. So if you have somebody who's intruding into your dreams, you want to check check it. What if they're intruding into your soul space? Now, people will often make a soul bond on mm-hmm. purpose. When they marry, mm-hmm. when they get engaged, when they fall in love, I give my soul to you and you give your soul mm-hmm. to me. It's, you know, it's it it's the the metaphysical equivalent of um mingling sexual fluids perhaps. Um, uh, French kissing. <laughs> it's like French soul kissing, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. And, uh, that's right. Uh, right. And whatever soul disease they've got, you may now have it. You got um, it but now. You all, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but if it works, if it all works good, you all become kind of, um, I guess you could say, inoculated against each other's problems. And you go, well, mm-hmm. he's got a little weakness there. I've got a weakness here. We're going to hold each other up. We'll be one. Yeah, we'll be as that's one. Right. Mm-hmm. What happens when that relationship breaks? That relationship falls apart, and now you say, well, I want a divorce. Or maybe you never even got married. You say, I'm going to move out. You move mm-hmm. out, but part of your soul is still over there. Right? Still there. How do you retrieve yourself from a bond? And that is the subject, and that is the question. So the question is, how do you actually break a soul bond that you made, that you agreed to? Oh, and then mm-hmm. there are rape Rape soul bonds too. I've got to say yes, that. Just like yes, yes. Just like there's rape sex, there's rape soul mm-hmm. bonds. So watch out for them. Absolutely. How do you? So, Lady Muse, take it away. How do you break a soul bond? How do you even approach that question? Well, you know, you can approach this question in so many different ways. But I wanted to start out with talking about what the soul is. Okay. Mm. Uh, we can think of the mortal soul as being comprised of the mind, the will, and the emotions. When two people are more are tied mentally and emotionally, their will is automatically controlled. Relationships mm-hmm. can be thought of as two pieces of tape, okay? And when ripped apart, as you were talking about, each piece of tape will have pieces of the other tape stuck to it. So we can think of breaking soul mm. ties as cleaning up the leftover rubbish, okay? Mm-hmm. So if we want to think of where are the soul ties connected, we can think of uh, being connected in uh, sexual relationships, as you were talking about, Ms. Cat, mm-hmm. close friendships, business relationships. Many say that their job is their home away from home anyway, so it is important to be released to the pastimes mm-hmm. that are that could be weighing us down and stunting our growth spiritually, okay? Mm-hmm. So as we talk about break-in, we want to talk about the benefits of breaking the soul ties. Being freed from previous soul ties can help in healing and elevating your inner man. When your inner mm-hmm. man feels free, you can vibrate on an energy level that promotes growth in various areas of your life. You know, a lot of people want to want to grow financially, want to grow uh, uh, intellectually. You know, sometimes you have to break those things that are weighing us down in order to grow. Okay? Now, many people are quite familiar, as Ms. Cat was stating, about soul ties uh, utilizing root work that includes personal concerns, 
uh, tag locks, menstrual blood, semen, saliva, hair, and all those things that Ms. Kat just mentioned, we can utilize the three-braided cord method to break the soul ties. The three cords can be symbolic for the mind, the will, and the emotions, okay? Now, for those of us that read the Bible, the Bible describes a three-braided cord in Ecclesiastes 4.12 as a triple-braided cord that is not easily broken, thus creating an extremely strong bond. So therefore, when we're doing our choice of ritual, it's crucial that those three main cords, which are what? The mind the will, and the emotions that are connecting mm-hmm. the souls to be severed in order to free and help the inner man of the individual, okay? Wow. Well, step right in there, Miss Kat, Conjure Man Ali, somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got it. I, I, I follow where you're going with this. Because just taking the two bodies apart does not mm-hmm. take away that sticky residue of the tape that stuck you together. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, when I, I do this work, I often say that soul binds come kind of in three forms, um, and they can uh-huh. be done consciously in the sense that mm-hmm. uh, you are, are a willing participant of this, or they can be done coercively in that it is done to you. And the three forms that soul binds take is uh, a form of infection in which your spirit is infected. This often mm-hmm. involves um, some form of exchange. This is why I tell people it's very important to know who you're getting involved with. Uh, just as there are physical, you know, STDs, or spiritual STDs, so to speak. Um, And being involved with someone, you're bringing on that mess into your life. And so spirits can be infected with one another. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And if a root worker knows what they're doing, they can also infect a person's spirit. It's to make them restless, to make them think Mm -hmm. about someone. Their very soul is stirred Mm -hmm. up. The other is to hook a spirit. Um, And this is a, a way of really compelling someone to do what you want hooking their spirit or their soul, um, and you can dig right in. This one is the most coercive of the three. And then the third is to knot or bind, any type of binding work, uh, binding people's natures, binding people's spirits, This is any type of knot work. That is also a form of soul binding. So recognizing that there are three ways of doing this and also identifying what the soul bind is. Has the soul been hooked? Has the soul been infected? Has the soul been bound? Are all ways of addressing it and then undoing this mess. Wow. Okay. All right. Back to you, Lady Muse. Tell me more. Well, I agree with everything that uh, Conjure Man Ali was just saying, as I often uh, try to reiterate that uh, we can't, we have to be careful in whom we lay with. Because when you connect sexually with that individual, you're taking on all the spirits that that individual has. It's like spirits combining with each other and intertwining. And not only can you create an infection, but you also can create a form of what we call uh, uh, spiritual babies. And we wonder why, you know, um, after you deal with a certain person, maybe you can't get ahead or you find that your luck is changing or all of a sudden, you know, just things start going south. That's because you created that spiritual entity, okay, through uh, uh, the intercourse, all right, in mm-hmm. which what it was uh, designed to do anyway, but on on a uh, – a, um, a level of a human level. So we create this entity that feeds off of what? It feeds off of 
our goals. It feeds off of our drive, our energy. You know, it has to eat something. You know, and so that's mm-hmm. what these these energies that we create spiritually, these ba- these spiritual babies. This is what they do to us. So it is important, as Conjurman Ali was saying, that we be careful who we sleep with. Mhm, mhm. That's also true. I'm going to uh, put another thing in here too, because a lot of people, it, we you talked about uh, consciously and and um, and also, um, you know, coercively making a bond, right, mm-hmm. and coercively. Yeah. But there's also a kind of unconscious bond where you mm-hmm. say you're not careful of who you lay with. Oh, I just had sex mm-hmm. with them. But just in the same way that I just had sex with them can lead to your death if you contract mm-hmm. HIV AIDS mm-hmm. and don't get treatment, mm-hmm. you will die. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. the same the same can be true unconsciously. Oh, it doesn't matter. I just held his hand and looked into his eyes, and I just promised mm-hmm. to be his forever. But that doesn't really mean anything. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No, you Power might be. Does. Yeah, you your you may have unconsciously given yourself over to somebody. Now, mm-hmm. there are good reasons. I'm not going to say that soul bonds and soul ties are bad because. Mm-hmm. Is a card. I love this card, the Six of Cups. And it's about a little mm-hmm. brother and a little sister who share this psychic bond. And there's a little crossroads image in the card, and you say, no matter if they go to the crossroads and if they separate and never see each other again, each will know what the other is doing, thinking they'll know if they're alive or dead. Well, that's a lovely image of a soul bond between two little brother and sister, mm-hmm. or two sisters or two brothers. But it can function that way. And I know people who say, well, I don't want to give up my soul. This man was horrible to me, but, you know, it didn't work out. And 15 years later, if he sneezes, I wake up in the middle of the night. Because, Mm -hmm. you you know, and they value it because it's a symbol of their spiritual psychism. They may Mm -hmm. be a person who doesn't have that with a lot of other people, and they may say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so, I can tell if he's sad. Well, good for you, but you could also let it go and uh, get a better soul bond with somebody else. But there are reasons why people keep them, and one reason I've noticed that people keep them is for a sense of ego pride, that it proves Mm -hmm. they are really psychic, and also ego ego pride because they realize the he at the other end, the guy, hasn't cut the card, and you haven't cut it either. So it's kind of like peeking in on their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and this is also, I think, that it's important to rec- realize is that, as you rightly noted, soul bones can be actually quite beautiful things if done with the right person, if you're, you know, you're right. done on equal footing, right? And which is one of the mm-hmm. reasons exactly. why a marriage mm-hmm. ceremony involves that particular important phrase, what well, God mm-hmm. has joined mm-hmm. together, let no man tear apart. No that is a yes. soul yes. bind. That is a soul bind right there, yes. and a powerful one. The key, however, is, is you're on equal footing. It's done as mm-hmm. a beautiful exchange between two people. Mm-hmm. Soul bonds that don't have that balance, that equality, if you will, are parasitic by nature, which is mm-hmm. why, even if it's done willingly, it ends up with one person having most of the power and one person having so little of the power, which is why when right. people go their separate ways, some people may still try to hold on to that soul bond because they know nothing else, because they right. still cling on to this sense of powerlessness 
because it's something to cling on to. And the other person, they hold all the cards. And we see this over and over again. And, and both of you, please testify to this. As professional root workers, when people come to us after a marriage has fallen apart, a marriage that was horrible, a marriage that was unequal and unfair, and they still cling to the image of that marriage, it's because of that unequal power balance and the soul bond that remains. And that's Very one of the problems... Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'd like to to move to the other end of this. What do we do to break these bonds? Let's say you're not going to be stalking someone's Facebook page on the astral planes, okay? Let's say you're going to let them go and you're going to go. How do you break those bonds? Now, I'm going to lay out some of the types of work that we do, of course. There are many forms of work, but breaking of soul bond or soul tie is not a curse, uh, so it wouldn't be done as a cursing project. Um, it is. Some people say, well, I'm going to put them in a freezer spell. Not really. That's not really right. Some people say, well, I'm going to uh, make a mojo on it. No, that wouldn't Mm-mm. exactly no. be it either. Right. So the the two things that come up most often would be candle magic and mm-hmm. and bathing, washing, and liquids. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say from where I come from, which is uh, several decades farther back in the past than the two of you, I was told bathing and washing would be the primary method. Candle, not so much. A candle is just going to send out another message to them, as I see it. But that's me. So now let me throw this over in your court. Lady Muse, what do you use to break a soul tie? Well, um, there are so many different ways to break them. It depends on, you know, the tradition that you're working in. Um, but one of the ways that I like is the baptism part. So I'm with the water. I'm with you, Miss Cat, when it comes to mm-hmm. the water. Okay, I think that is a very effective way, a type of baptism. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how about you, Countryman Ali? Well, I, I mentioned um, that uh, product-wise, Cut and Clear does this type of work. The Cut and Clear ritual that you've written up and the products that, that Lucky Mentor sell Cut and Clear does this type of soul cutting. A lot of people think mm-hmm. of Cut and Clear as just kind of, oh, it helps me move on after a breakup. It does more than help you move on to break. It actually does a really good job of cutting the, the bond between the two, particularly because mm-hmm. it has a bit of lemon. Lemon works really well in that this regard. Um, in fact, we'll find that in a lot of kind of uh, Southeast Asian traditions of, of cutting soul bonds, they almost always use some form of lemon. Uh, lemon mm-hmm. water used with holy water is often the most common form of bath that we find both in India, South Asia, and in Southeast Asia, um, uh-huh. as well as black walnut works really well. Per- personally, mm-hmm. I love bathing, but if bathing doesn't work, the next step for me usually is I will invoke the bond and then cut mm-hmm. the bond physically. Yes. Being a yes. solid yes. earth sign, I enjoy the mm-hmm. act of, you know, I like that tactile feel of taking a knife right. and actually uh-huh. cutting a cord cutting or a scissor and cutting yes. it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna catch up here a little bit with some things that are in the comments here. So black walnuts, we're, we're talking when we say black walnuts. That's shorthand because we all know the routine. It's black yeah. walnuts in a tea bath. So black walnuts yes. is a bath. Um, mm-hmm. Cut and clear, and he said with a little lemon. That can be done with lemon or with cut and clear oil. There are many ways to do mm-hmm. it, starting with nothing but a lemon. But it mm-hmm. usually involves a knife or scissors as mm-hmm. well. And so that is the real that's why it's called cut and clear. Mm-hmm. And now there are spells that um 
combine those. And I'm going to give one just real quick, and I've talked about it before. Um, if someone has bound you sexually, you can uh, cut that that particular form of thing by by going down to a river, getting a brand new folding knife, unfolding yeah. it, and peeing on it, and cut your stream of urine with the blade, and then mm-hmm. walk home and throw the knife, fold the knife up, and throw it away behind you. Don't look, throw it over your shoulder, and don't look back. So that is a cut, but it also involves water. Okay, so cutting mm-hmm. with water is seen in a bunch of these old-time rituals, okay? Very much so, Now, yeah. um, the other one that Ollie said was invoking a bond and then cutting it. So this is a, a very important ritual and very difficult to do for many newcomers. They just they can't believe mm-hmm. we're going to make the bond stronger before we cut it. But it's like if it's just a will-o'-the-wisp and you can't quite put your hands on it, you can't cut it. So what the mm-hmm. invoking it and then destroying it consists of is giving it all honor and actually building it up till it's a concrete physical bond that you can uh, spiritually see and then cutting it. And um, it can be done with, and again, usually that also involves water and fire. Very often the mm-hmm. the emblem of the person who is to be cut away gets burned, uh-huh. and the emblem uh-huh. of the person to be freed is bathed. So uh-huh. this is a, a very old one. I learned this from, a, and, and Ali mentioned Southeast Asian, um, I learned this from a Vietnamese man born in mm. Vietnam. His grandfather was a Vietnamese shaman, and he did this spell, and I was blown away by it. I've used it many, many times. I've taught it, and it's very, very good. Um, in the Wicca tradition, people will sometimes use yarn. That's a real northern European thing because they do a lot of knitting and a lot of you know spinning, and they like yarn a lot. And I've seen the same kind of thing done um, by taking a, a woman. Now, this was a... Um, I guess you'd call it a English style, but they were in America, English style which were ritual in which the woman was getting a divorce and they they did not her husband was not there. So they simply took a broom and stood the broom up to be the man. And then she was hand fasted to the broom. And then all the women went all the women went in with scissors and snip, 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 snip. And then it all fell apart, and she was freed, and then they all hugged her, and they said, you're you're free from it now. And this was a community group. I would guess it was a, what we would call a coven, but they were open to the public, and I, I witnessed that. And I thought that was a beautiful a ritual because it embraced mm. the woman back into this community, which, by the way, was not all women. There were men in that circle as well. Um and so it was like you're free, and then they took the the, the broomstick, which had represented because they had jumped a broom to be married. This broom was burned. That's the end of him. Boop, he's gone. <laughs> so it was a great little ritual. There's a oh. similar uh, using of fire uh, in uh, an Iranian ritual that involves fire cutting. It actually invokes uh, a a festival. There's an Iranian fire leaping festival. Charshnaveshuri, uh, which is a very famous Zoroastrian kind of festival done before the the solar new year, or done before the uh, new year in Persian tradition, known as Nowruz. But it's also used for breaking bonds. What a person does is uh, very famously they take any and all objects associated with the person that they are connected to, put this into a into a kind of bonfire, set it on fire, a small bonfire, and then as the fire grows, they leap over the flames and then walk away without looking back at the fire. 
And the key is to be able to walk away without looking back. And when you do that, what happens is you burn away whatever that person had over you, leap over it to break the bond with the fire, and then walk away. Wow. That's a good one, too. Um, Now, I'm going to throw in another one. So if you do this kind of silver cord work, which we've described, William Walker Atkinson uh, may have been the first person to really describe it in detail. Uh, He was a new thought practitioner Mm -hmm. and a metaphysician back in the... mm, He started writing around 1890s or so, in 1893 or so, and he was continually wrote until he died. Um, And he wrote under a lot of different names. But as far as I can trace back, the silver cord technique, he may have learned it from an Asian person, but it involves um, uh, astral travel, but staying connected to your body through a silver cord. There are people, and I'm going to tell you the truth, who engage in what we might call neo-tantra. These are tantric rituals, but sexualized tantra, and they will twine their little silver cords together. You've probably seen some good, dreamy, psychedelic art. Two people, excuse my mm. mind you know, here, but they're, they're sitting in meditation, right? But their little astral cords go up and twine and twine, and up above them in the sky, there they are, fucking, mm-hmm. okay? This is a, an image common since the 60s. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. How yeah. do you get out of that, right? You really, that can only be undone by literally going up that cord and pulling yourself up, no, and get yourself and come down and untwine yourself, um, because you just, you know, those kind of bonds can be very um, permanent if you don't mm-hmm. actually take the time to go into that same meditative state in which you built the bond and mm-hmm. reclaim your astral sex. I know that sounds so. Um, well, that's the truth. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After you do any type of kind of soul freeing work, I always recommend doing some type of uplifting power empowerment work. John the Conqueror, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth Ruth, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, we could have gone on for a lot longer <laughs> on this one because there are so many traditions and so many ways, but we've talked about yes. the importance and the methods to break soul ties. All right. Well, we're going to have a uh, reading now, and we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Lady Muse, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818 818- 394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the form, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Papa Newt, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling in from area code 309 in Illinois. This is Whitney. Whitney, are you there? Yes, hello. Hi, welcome. I see that you are a new listener as of this year and a first-time caller. Thank you for entrusting us uh, with your situation today. 
And let's take a look here. Uh, now, you with the situation, you haven't had a private reading with Ms. Cat, Contramanali, or any other readers or rear workers. Is that correct? That's right. <laughs> Thank you. And Whitney writes, I just turned 27 and would appreciate a reading about my Saturn return in Aquarius. I'd like some insights to what areas will be affected and how to migrate or work alongside these coming changes. Turn back to you, Ms. Cat. Okay. I think the word was mitigate, but that's okay. Now, I got a question. I got a question, Whitney. You say your Saturn return in Aquarius. What is your sun sign? In Gemini. You're a Gemini as your son. Yeah. Okay. And then my and moon is... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go. you tell me. Yes. And then my moon is in Leo. In fact, all my planets are in Gemini or Leo except Saturn. Oh, oh. oh wow. Okay. All righty. Um, uh, um, I'm, I'm just writing this in except for Saturn. Okay. So let me see what I'm going to talk to you about here, because you seem to know about um, astrology. So um, Aquarius is um, nowadays said to be ruled by uh, Uranus, or Urania, or Uranus, depending on how you want to pronounce it. But in the old days, Aquarius was ruled by Saturn. So Saturn is returning to a place that it rules, which is not bad. It's sad, it's harsh, it's maybe dark, but it's not bad because it's not like um, breaking pretty things. It's strong enough to take it. Okay. Now, your stuff in Gemini is going to be roughly, I can't, I don't have your chart, but it's going to all be roughly a trine, your Aquarius. Some of it may actually be trine. Your Leo stuff is all going to be opposed to Aquarius, roughly, and then the, the Leo and the Gemini are going to be approximately uh, sextile to one another. So you have a very simple chart. Your chart, if there are any um, things on it other than to the planets, I'm going to discount them. We're not going to count your nodes, and you're not going to count all that other stuff. But you're going to have a, basically a chart that the only design on it could be a very acute triangle. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? I do, yeah. Is that? Have you seen your chart? Does it look about like that? It does. I haven't um, dialed it forward to look at what it will look like, but yeah, you're right on the ball. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's what that's what happens when you're a visually oriented, half blind person. You just sit there and make up everything <laughs> in your head. All right. So now, if I look at that and I'm looking at what I'm seeing in my mind, that Aquarius will be at the most acute point of that triangle, right? Because it's opposed to Leo and it's a trying Gemini. So Mm -hmm. if there's any, now those aspects may not make, but they are going to make by sign because I don't have your your actual degrees. So what I'm looking at right now is that this is going to be a very, you're going to be more affected by your Saturn return than some people because there aren't a lot of mitigating things. And you want to mitigate it, but I'm telling you, this is not very mitigatable because it's so directed and pointed, right? When it hits your Saturn point, when transiting Saturn hits that birth Saturn, boom, it'll just set off the fireworks. You see what I'm saying? It's so Mm -hmm. sharp, it'll cut like a knife. And now, the good part is it is in a a pleasant home for it. It's in a home that is... um, 
Aquarius is not a bad place. Now, I could give you a couple of warnings. Don't work with radioactive materials. <laughs> I could say things like that. Um, but you probably aren't anyway. Um, but there are there are things that you want to be careful of as that Saturn goes through there. Would be um, because Aquarius is fixed and Leo is fixed, and your sun is in Gemini. Do you know what your rising sign is, huh? Um, I was adopted, so I don't have my exact birth time. So no, unfortunately. Oh, oh, oh. okay. All right. Well, you see, it's almost like there's a part of you that's that's flexible. That's the Gemini part, uh, interested in discovering new things, and then you've been kind of put into this rigid opposition. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder. Now you said something that really made me have a pause. Have you been looking for your birth parents? Oh, there's a bit of contention there. It was um, closed, and when I hit 18, I could. And honestly, almost the minute I hit 18, I just lost interest. So, no, I have not dug through those records. I'm going to say something. Aquarius is about science. Have you had your DNA tested? I have, actually. And nobody has come up as a relative? No, no matches. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say something, honey. I think that one of the best mitigators for this will be to find, because Saturn is the father, right? And the good father in Aquarius would be scientific or scientific. Um, I think this might be one way to consider, because Saturn also rules death, and therefore it rules old age, and so you might want some medical history. I'm thinking here that one thing to set yourself as a project to do, whether you have emotions about it, um, a feeling of, you know, fear, pride, worry, whatever it might be, you might want to use this time. That point is sort of pointing to something there. You see, um, I'm considering that that might be a thing to do. Pray on it. Ask about it. It may not be the right thing for you, but the minute you said you were adopted and your Saturn return is coming up, there's something in my heart that says, hmm, this may be the... Because science, scientific work is probably easier for you. Um, I would say that would be one thing to do, to try to find out actually what your real past is genetically and um, physiologically. Now, of course, we all know so much of what we are is made by the experiences we have, and the people who raised you, whether, uh, whether good, bad, or indifferent, have had a huge effect on you as well. But I'm sure you know, smart, Geminis are always smart, I'm sure you know that there are things that are inexplicably genetic, interests you may have, places you may find copacetic, things, careers, objects that you may be attracted to, many of which do seem to share a genetic component. If I had a Saturn return and I was adopted, I would take that time 
to think about that. Pray on it and say, is this the two and a half years? Because that's what you got there is two and a half years. Is this the two and a half years I go back and pick up that dropped stitch? And that's a very good use for Saturn and a very good use for Aquarius because of the Internet and the DNA and the all that. Okay? So I, that may not have been what you wanted to hear, but, boy, it came through loud and clear to me. And I, you know, I didn't pull any cards for you because I really didn't see this as a card reading since you brought up this astrology. Also, I would say, since you know quite a bit about your chart, um, and Aquarius is the sign that rules astrology, you might want to think about learning about astrological remediation because Saturn rules things such as remediation. So just to give you an idea about astrological remediation, one of the things that can be done is to make um, talismanic jewelry um, that harmonizes the parts of your chart. Now, your chart is very focused, very pointed. May I ask what you do for a living? (laughs) Uh, Nothing at the moment. I'm moving cross-country, and I'm hoping to find something. Um, I I was trained as a writer, is what all my college and um, internship Mm, experience has been in. Mm -hmm. So the Gemini is the writer. You might make a very good technical writer. You might, because of the Aquarius, and you also might make a really good writer um, based around um, principles. Um, Leo's love um, ethics and um, loyalty. (laughs) You actually would be a very good writer with a chart like that. All right, well, my time is up, and I'm going to um, uh, turn this. You write the book about how you found your parents. I don't know. I mean, seriously. It's like I'm I'm not going to plan your life for you, honey, but I really do see something there. Now I'm going to turn this over to Lazy Muse, and she's going to give you a reading. Thank you so much. Well, well, all right. Now, Miss Kat um, did the astrological uh, evaluation on you, and I was laying some cards down as she was talking. Okay, and what I got, I'm utilizing the Quest Tarot, all right? The first card I got is the Aeon card. So as she was talking about going back into uh, uh, finding uh, your parents and, and things about your past, I was looking at this card, and it's funny because the on this card you have a baby. It looks like in the developmental stages of the womb, okay? And then the next card I got is the Ace of Cups. So there's, this is going to be a very emotional time for you. Cups represents emotions, and I did get some numbers for you. Are you ready? The numbers yes. are three, four, and five, okay? So now that, that number uh, could mean uh, three days, three weeks. It can mean March, April, May. Do those numbers ring a bell to you about anything that's been going on as far as this season? Not yet that I've noticed. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I want you to hold those under your hat because a lot of times things come back to us in regards to those mm-hmm. numbers. Now, the next card I got is the Mother of Stones. So I see that during this evaluation and this rediscovery of, or shall I say, discovery of things of, from your past, um, I see fi- something that has to do with some finances, okay? So you might really want to try to go back because you never know there might be an inheritance left for you in your past. Okay, from um, um, uh, 
So you need to really look into that, okay, because I see that. I see money, okay? The next card I got is the justice card, and there's that balance scale. Now, Ms. Cat was talking about um, balancing out some things and um, uh, praying about it just to create that balance. So it's like the cards that are that are being laid before me is exactly what Ms. Cat was saying when she was doing your evaluation, okay? Now, the next card mm -hmm. I did get was the Hierophant card, all right? And the Hierophant is controlling the three rings in this card. So there's some things that need to be controlled emotional-wise uh, with you, okay? So it's, um, it's t Spirit is telling us that we need to make sure that we are doing the right things to balance, to be balanced in this time so that our emotions won't be all over the place. Conjurman Ali, did you want to jump in here? Thanks for that uh, reading. I think you got some really fantastic readings here. And what I'm going to give you is a work recommendation that combines what was said uh, in your readings along with a little bit of your astrology. First, it's important to know that uh, Aquarius, as it is, is already really slow moving. Uh, we usually tell people, now you're not an Aquarian sun sign, but if you were, we usually tell Aquarians who are sun signs that, you know what, you'll find love and you'll find uh, your career later in life. When Saturn, when you're having your Saturn return with Aquarius, just be aware that it's going to slow things down. It's going to make things really sluggish. So part of this is going to be learning not just how to mitigate it, but how to ride the flow. Both uh, Mercury in retrograde and Saturn returns, both of these challenges represent the ability of a person, really give an opportunity for people to learn how to ride with the flow. Mercury in retrograde, you've got to learn that things kind of fall apart and you go with it. For Saturn, uh, uh, Saturn returns, you deal with the restrictions and, and, and blockages that come into your life. All of a sudden, everything kind of closes off. So you have to learn how to kind of flow with this. So that's going to be part of, of what you do. So what I want you to do is actually create a mojo bag that you will work with and that you will carry with you, especially if you're going to be moving. This will be useful to carry on you. This mojo bag should be created with five-finger grass, master root, Solomon seal root, bay leaves, and a pinch of uh, crossroads dirt. You're going to put this all into a mojo bag. You're going to smoke it and breathe it to life. You should get yourself a talisman made of uh, one of the metals of Jupiter, perhaps uh, tin. Smoke it with hyssop and agrimony, which are the herbs of Jupiter, and you're going to affix this to your, you're going to make it nice and small, and you're going to affix it to your mojo bag. You're going to affix it, and you're going to work this mojo bag every Thursday to really bring in the Jovian influence. Jupiter is a great balance to any type of uh, in, uh, influence from Saturn, particularly if you're going through your Saturn return, you can invoke the power of Jupiter, and it will help uh, kind of mitigate it a little bit. Every Thursday, you're going to work with this mojo bag, and you're going to keep it on you as you go forth. Every Saturday, what I want you to do is burn mulin and rue as an incense. Both of these are Saturnian uh, herbs, and they will help to appease the intelligences of Saturn. Whenever we do kind of astrological remediation, part of it involves working with the intelligences, spirits, entities of the planet that are causing trouble. So doing some type of kind of apotropaic work or, or work of warding off and calming down 
using incense as an offering on Saturdays is a good way of getting Saturn on your side, or at least ensuring that the influence of Saturn is not more than you can handle. Working in this fashion, where every Thursday you're cultivating the influence of Jupiter vis-a-vis the mojo bag with its talisman attached to it, uh, working every Saturday to control the influences of Saturn will help you see through the next couple of years. It's important to remember that you're not going to be able to uh, start massive new endeavors within this new, uh, within this period. Any type of, of big project, be aware that it's going to be faced with some difficulties. That's okay. Saturn return is all about learning to live with what you've got learning to be in the gestation period. And that's the key of Saturn, right? Saturn is deeply associated with the harvest. We often talk about Saturn as death. Um, And it's certainly true that the symbol of Saturn often is a scythe. But the scythe is also a symbol of not just time, but of the harvest, the ability to gestate, the ability to sit there and allow things to grow without taking big new steps, new endeavors, starting new in, uh, you know, adventures and things like that. That's what Saturn teaches you. So that's going to be the lesson that you're going to have to cultivate. Learn to sit with what you've already got. Allow it to grow. Allow it to cultivate. Allow it to manifest while you work with both of these influences, Jupiter and Saturn, to help ameliorate some of the rocky ways that will be coming your way. That's my root work recommendation here. Let's see if Lady News and Miss Cat have anything further to add. Well, no, Congressman Ali, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, I just see that uh, there has to be a balance there. You know, it's very important for her to remain uh, balanced in this time when she goes through this. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, and I'm going to add something else. You know, since you do work with astrology, you might be quite comfortable working with the Solomonic seals. And as you probably know, you know about them, right? So um, one of the things that I have done when Saturn is overwhelming is, and as Ali rightly pointed out, Jupiter is the opposite, uh, cut out a paper seal of uh, one of the Saturn ones. You pick it, and there's several of them, and pick out one of the Jupiter ones, the one that appeals to you the most. Put your own... Um, hair or a token of yourself, something flat is fine, your hair, your handwriting, between them, glue them back to back. Now you've made a little double-sided paper uh, talisman. And you can um, burn candles on that. I have made them so small that I then put them in a little circular locket. And on the locket, on one side, let's say there's a gemstone and the other side is plain, or they might have um, be plain on both sides, but you can turn it so you have either Jupiter out or Saturn out. And it just takes a little bit of craft thinking about that. And you can also take the talismans that are made, and you can find them at Lucky Mojo, you can find them online, talismans of the pentacles of Saturn or Jupiter, pick two, and just glue them the fuck together with your hair in between them, put one jump ring through the two of them, and put them on a chain. Wear it one way, wear it the other way, right? Depending on which you need to balance out. Uh, Expansion for Jupiter, and then sitting in that limitation for Saturn, all right? It was like wonderful that. to read. Yeah, it was wonderful to read for you, and I hope that you come back and as your Saturn return progresses, and we'll talk about it some more. Maybe All right, we're going to turn. All right, yeah, 
God bless you. So let's turn this over to Papa Newt and see where we're going next. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of of the Association of uh, Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code 425 in Western Washington. This is Moon Age Daydream. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) Hello. Would you prefer to be called Moon Age Daydream on the radio show, or do you have another name you would prefer? Uh, Moon Age Daydream is fine. (laughs) <laughs> Certainly. And I see you've been listening to us since 2016. Welcome back to listening to us. And um, I see you have not had any readings or root work on this situation. Um, and let me take a look at your situation here. And she writes, left a job I was at for 10 years, 10 plus years due to relocation and returned to school and got, got online certification for medica- medical coding. Had a good first interview two weeks ago, but the second one last week didn't go as well, leaving me a little deflated. Wondering about my co- uh, career prospects and what work and guidance do I need to perform during and after Mercury Retrograde before re- relaunching my long-term job search. Turning back to you, Ms. Kat. Interesting. Astrological readings today. is that funny? You know, yeah. uh, these things come in little clusters. And um, and this person even has the word moon in their name. And now we're talking about, uh, uh, yeah, we, this today is astrology day at the Lucky Mojo Who Work Hour. <laughs> All righty. Well, I'm going to uh, actually don't have to ask any questions because you told us what your uh, sun, moon, and rising sign is. So I'm going to just um, turn this right over to Ollie, and he can get right with it. Oh, but I would like to ask one question. About how old are you? 36. 36? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's turn this over to Ollie, and he can uh, do the reading. Yeah, thank you, Kat. Um, I'm doing a geomantic reading. Uh, It is interesting to note that both of our callers had some knowledge of astrology, so that's interesting. Um, And and I think astrology is going to help you out a little bit here um, because astrological magic looks like it's going to be called for. The first figure that we have here is Carcer. Carcer represents you. Um, And uh, it actually represents a lock. It's an indication of a lock. And when it comes up in the first sight, it means that there are obstacles that you're facing. Now, you have tried to address some of these obstacles. The fact that you've changed careers, the fact that you've gone on and done certification, you've done all you can do to address anything that might come your way, any kind of delays, any problems. So that's a good sign, but it does mean that this situation may take a little bit longer than you had hoped for. Now, we see this in the fact that the 10th house has Caput Draconis. Caput Draconis is the head of the dragon. This means that, yes, your career change is one that is in the right direction, that you are headed in the right way, and that it is likely that you will get 
the job that you seek out. However, it may take longer than you hoped for. It may be that the current position um, you don't end up getting, but one similar to it, you'll get down the line. And the reason I say this is because even though Capitraconis is a very clear yes, there is nothing that connects Capitraconis to Carcer or your figure, the first house, yet. There is no way for these two to, to make some type of mode of perfection, no kind of uh, uh, alignment that is made here. And when that happens, that usually means that, yeah, you'll probably get what you want, but you have to work a little bit harder and that it may take a little bit longer than you had hoped for. Now, I'm seeing here that the path that you've already taken has laid a gold foundation. Cursor represents you. That's an indication that you were in a place that was not particularly ideal. You opened up the doors by taking uh, some form of certification class that's represented in Capit Draconis. We see this also in Albus, which is a figure of education. By getting further education, you opened up your opportunities. And the final figure is that of populace, which means that you will get the position that you want, but there is a lot of competition. And so in order to weed out some of that competition, you're going to need to do a lot of ground networking. So make sure that you know people who are, are in the industry that you want to go into. Make sure that you know people who have taken similar paths. Make sure that you build mentorships and alliances. For example, you did a certification program. You should be talking to your professor or your instructor to see if they had any advice for you. Asking advice is going to be a very important way of influencing people. Even if you already know what you want and where you want to end up, taking the time to go, hey, what's your opinion? We'll get that person on your side. So networking is going to be the key to turning your situation around. Along with networking, you're going to have to do some type of work. Now, it's interesting you said Mercury in retrograde because Mercury rules the figures that we have here. So you're going to do a lot of Mercury work. Consider doing root work time to Mercury. Consider doing uh, root work about road opening roads, about mitigating the influences of Mercury retrograde. All of those will help to kind of mitigate some of the delay that we see here. I sense that it's still a little bit way off, but with root work, you can land this job around mid-fall. So the current position, you can still fight for it, but know that you're at an uphill battle and it may take a little bit longer. We're looking at a fall time period when, when you're officially uh, appointed. You will get the job eventually. It's just a little bit further out, a few more months out, and it'll involve you building some strong ground look and networking and doing some astrological magic to turn things around. That's what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Lady Muse and then Miss uh, Kat is going to give you some root work recommendation and you're in luck. She happens to be a brilliant astrologer, so she'll be able to give you some uh, work along that lines. Okay, thank you. Lady Muse. Uh-oh, have we lost Hello? Lady Muse? There you are. Is that you, Lady Muse? Here oh, I am. Sorry. I'm writing. Okay. Can you hear me? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we there can we hear are. you. Go ahead. Okay, okay, great. So now I like I was laying the cards down as Conjure Man Ali was uh, doing the reading, which was a, a, a very uh, wonderful reading that he did. Um, the first card I got is the Daughter of Swords. So in, in respect to what he was saying as far as you getting the job, I do see the daggers pointing in the yes position, and that spirit allowing us to tell you that be confident. 
I know you said that you felt like your balloon had deflated just a little bit because how the interview went, okay, but you have to be confident. Remember that the power is within you. The energy that you put out is what you bring back. So when you're trying to manifest something, you must vibrate on a certain energy level, okay, with your prayers, and you have to have faith and doubt not, okay? Now, it's interesting because this daughter of swords has a little person next to them. Do you have any children, or is there somebody that you take care of? No. Or is it just you? No, it's, it's not. Do you? Go ahead. Yes, what are you saying? It's, it's just me. you. Okay. Now, also, as I was cutting the cards, I noticed that the tower card flipped out. So a lot of times, spirit works with me and shows me what happened to create the situation. So did something... Uh, happen in order for you to decide to move? Uh, yeah, it was just my previous job just wasn't working out anymore. I had been there for a while, and okay. I just felt like uh, it was stagnating. Okay, okay. So now also um, we want to make sure that you do some cut and clear work on that previous job so that no negative energy can follow you uh, to this, to creating and manifesting this new job, okay? So you always want to clean up first, okay, and get rid of negative energy. Now the next card I got is the six of stones. Stones in my deck represents money. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, and I love this card when it's talking about success, when it's talking about job opportunities. So again, spirit wants you you to know that you're not alone, okay? If I know that you believe in God because if you, you believe in prayer. And God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So when we're making transition in order to grow, all you have to do is try to stay positive. You want to make sure that you sweeten up your interviewers and, uh, uh, prior to the interview and uh, make sure that you have those that are, um, all those that are in charge of hiring and firing. You want to keep them sweet, okay? And then I got the ten of stones. So there's a lot of stones in this in this spread, okay? So here's your money coming. Now, I got the alchemy card, and this kind of raised my eyebrow, and I was thinking about what Conjurman Ali said about things are, are it might take a little long. Now, with the alchemy card, there's a yin-yang symbol on this card, and usually the yin-yang symbol is together. You're familiar with that symbol, right? Am I going too fast? Uh, uh, one more time, please. Okay, you're familiar with the yin-yang symbol, correct? Right, yes. Okay, well, in this card, the yin-yang symbol, instead of being together, is disconnected. And there's a white, milky substance that is floating between it. So that stuff needs to be cleaned up on a spiritual level in order to create this necessary movement in order to uh, manifest this job, okay? Now, I did get the mother of stones. Now, the daggers are pointing in the no position. So things are not as what they appear. So you may, if you get this job, it may not be for the amount that you want. But you know this thing about get your foot in the door and then grow from there? That's something that you want to keep in, the, in your mind okay, when they make the offer. Now, the next card I've got is the Four of Wands. Now, that's spirit letting us know, as Conjurman Ali has said, do the spiritual work. Do the root work in order to manifest the job. Do it, and things should fall in your favor. Miss Kat? All right. Well, I'm just going to give a little shout-out to Miss Michael, who already, she's she's ahead of us here. <laughs> she She's telling me what to say. She says in the chat room, tranquility and crucible of courage for yourself, caller, along with any other work you do. And I think that's very yes. good advice um, because, um, you know, when we go through emotional ups and downs because of the way an interview went, um, it is a, it is something that 
can be helped by always going for that tranquility. Tranquility is a very um, important um, idea because you're a Pisces. And uh, Pisces is a mutable sign, and they go up and down, up and down. You want to try to get in touch with that calmer water, that we might call it, that calmer water. All right, so um, I'm going to say here that um, I agree and I understood what everybody said. This isn't a, a pushover. You're not just going to, like, um, I changed my job, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go someplace else. I am going to ask you a question what was your previous job, just the field that you were in? Uh, it was also health information, but it was um, cancer registry. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear a word you said. Say it slower. Okay, it was health information, um, kind of similar to this one, but it was for cancer, a cancer registry. I see, I see. And now you're going to get into medical coding. I see, I understand. Okay. So with the change, it's not like um, um, horrible. It's a good. Um, it's a good, actually, a good move for you, I think. So I'm going to recommend that you do some work around getting a job. You did you do any kind of work before you went into this interview? Did you, for instance, have? Oh, just as an example, the business card of the interviewer or the logo of the company. Did you do that kind of work? I did. I uh, put my face and my name with the logo of the company, um, had a a green candle for that, and then also after the first interview when I got her business card, I put um, some honey on it and kind of, I think, five Oh, you did good. You yeah, did great. So, so you know I this work. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I th- I think you may have hit a, a a tough patch here, but you know what you're doing. There is nothing that you just said, uh, getting the logo, putting the honey on the business card, all of those things, those are exactly the kind of things I would have told you to do. So there's almost nothing more I can tell you about that because uh, what you did was absolutely righteous and spot on. It was the right kind of work. Now, not every prayer is granted, as you know, but you did the right work, and I couldn't give you anything to improve on that work, truth to tell. Um, If this one doesn't work out, just because of the timing, and we're looking at Mercury retrograde, but let's not get ahead of ourselves, because Mercury goes retrograde in in July 26th, as I understand it. So... um, Maybe you'll get in under the wire. But if Mercury goes retrograde, all bets are off. You you may not hear from them, and it just may not go well. Just sit that time period out. Um, do some more work. Apply again somewhere else. It does not look bad, but I really, I almost don't want to give you any more spell work because you already know the spell work to do. The only other thing, the only other thing I would do I like to give a little vow of money. And so if I was going to make a honey jar or if I was going to make a sugar jar, do whatever I was going to do, burn a candle, I would put coins down around that uh, plate or around that bowl, um, and I would put in a coin every day to represent the money that I would be earning and say, um, 
that you promise, I promise if I get the job I want, this money, as much as it takes, as much as it's accumulated, will go to help those who need to get a job. If it was looking for a home, I would say the same thing. It would go to the homeless. If it was looking to be healed from sickness, the money would go to the sick. But in this case, job opportunity programs, right? Training for teenagers, whatever it is. And you just say, however money it, you know, However money that money builds up, a penny, a nickel, a dime, and you can just uh, dress those coins with a little spot of um, steady work oil or something of that nature. And then on the day that you the day that you get the job, you're going to clear your altar. You're going to take everything down, right? Take it, put it all away. Thank God. Sweep those coins off the altar that have been laid around that thing and take them immediately and um, give them to wherever it's going to be, whether you have to put them in a little cardboard box and mail it to the Job Corps. I don't know, whatever it is, you know, but something for other people to get job training or get a job. And even if it weighs five pounds worth of pennies, that's what you're going to send them, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay. You can use dollar coins. You can use dollar coins, says uh, uh, Nagashiva, but they're expensive. (laughs) You can use nickels, pennies, and dimes, and uh, quarters, whatever you've got, my dear. Now, another thing I'd recommend is you want to uh, move um, across the uh, country. And um, I would also recommend um, working with a map to um, uh, possibly uh, set yourself a path to go across the country. So, um, or you say you've, you've due to relocation. So you're not right. actually That's going my, to move. My other job. You're already in the place where you're going to go. All right, okay. then never mind. I, I read the word relocation. I thought that was part of your plan, but that's what happened. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I I think that you that you're doing everything right, and um, you wanted to know what do I perform during and after Mercury uh, retrograde before launching my long-term job search. I would consider that if you hold back during that whole Mercury retrograde, that might be a long wait. I'd still keep on working during it, but just know that you're swimming against the current. Um, I don't, you know, it may come to nothing. You'll find, oh, then they changed their mind. It can be discouraging to try to get something new during Mercury retrograde. If you don't want to send out any job interviews during that Mercury retrograde period, I would not blame you. I would not blame you. I would just keep lighting the candles and putting a coin down and and building up your strength because um, I've advised a lot of people to sit tight during Mercury retrograde because it can be difficult for starting a new project. If you're already continuing a project that you've had, not that bad, but starting a new one, not so good. Okay, let me see if Contraman Ali or Lady Muse has anything to add here. How about it, Lady Muse? Uh, well, thank you, Miss Cat. Um, the only thing I would add is to make sure that you do some cleansing work. You know, um, you did a good job with as far as drawing. You know, with the honey and everything, as Miss Cat said. But I always like to encourage people to make sure that they clean the area first, meaning they clean away all of the negative vibes or obstacles or anything like that that will hinder the job from manifesting. So if you decide to redo your work after the Mercury retrograde season, you may want to think about doing some cleansing work first. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a very good idea. Clean the altar off. That's a good time to rededicate yourself. Mm-hmm. I really like that idea. And um, 
All righty. Now we're going to have our um, network schedule announcement, and that's going to be brought to us by our fabulous electronic technical automatic Aquarian Uranian Relay Team. And then we're going to have Lady Muse come back with the free spell. (laughs) The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condraman Ollie. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for a free spell segment with Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California. Take it away, Lady Muse. Well, thank you, Papa New. Thank you so much. Well, what I have today is a three-day tarot moving candle egg baptism ritual. So that's a lot, a mouthful. <laughs> and the what I like about this is that uh, it's comprised of all of the things that Conjure Man Ali mentioned and all of the things that Miss Cat mentioned, so I'm just really loving this. So are we ready with our pads and our pencils? All right. First, the moon cycle that we're going to be doing this in is the waning moon cycle. The day of the week, can be it can be done on a Saturday or a Sunday, which is success of all kinds on Sunday. The planetary hour we listen to is Saturn or the hour of the sun. The items needed, number one, a red figure candle of a couple facing back to back, number two. Cut and clearing herbs and or oils, such as A, mint to stimulate the mind for disconnect, B, hyssop to purge the emotions, C, rue to purify the spirit of the individual, and D, lemongrass to cut the will to connect. Because you got to not have the will. You don't want to have the will to reconnect with that individual when you're breaking the soul tie, okay? Now, number three, you need three eggs. Number four, two tea lights for a bath. Number five, one white visual candle. Number six, a pair of scissors dressed with lemongrass and red pepper. Number seven, three cords. Remember, we talked about the three cords. Number eight, one white cloth. Number nine, the ace of swords tarot card. And number ten, a cauldron or a fire pit. All right, now these are the instructions. Here we go. First, clean and prepare your work area. Two, dress your candles with your cut and clear oils and or herbs. Then prepare your cleansing bath with two candles on the edge of the tub. Next, place the Ace of Swords tarot card next to your white visual and light the candle. Begin braiding your three cords that represent the mind, the will, and the emotions. You want to invoke that spiritual soul tie, that bond. You want to invoke it. You want to braid this together while focusing on your intent, okay? That's part of your invocation. Next, you want to wrap the cord around the figure candle. 
couple using the infinity, figure eight. You want to go through the, the couple and around, like in a figure eight, wrapping these three braided cords, all right? Tying the cord through the middle of the couple and around the outside. Now, while doing this, you want to focus on the intent and what the cord represents, okay? Then you want to light the figure candles. Next, take the first egg and brush it from head to toe, okay? Then you want to step through the two candles into the cut and clear bath and wash from top to bottom while focusing on your intent through prayer and meditation, all right? The next, after the bath, air dry and wrap your head in a white cloth, okay? Next, you want to place the egg in the cauldron or fire pit and toss a small cup of the bath water to the west where the sun set because we're getting rid of this soul tide, okay? Then next, you want to cut the cord on the candles and move the figure candles apart, all right? Now, the second day, you want to repeat the egg and bath cleansing and place the second egg in the cauldron or fire pit and toss the water to the west again. You want to move the figure candles apart a little further, this time placing the scissors in between with the blades facing the opposition, okay? Make sure the blades are not facing the individual in whom which you are doing the work for or if it's for yourself, okay? And the third day, you want to repeat the process and place the last egg in the fire pit with any leftover items received from the opposition. So any gifts or anything that you have of this individual, you want to put all of this in the fire pit, okay? You want to move the opposition, meaning that candle, into the pit and burn it with the eggs and the figure candles of the opposition. You want to continue to focus on your intent as the soul ties are severed. Miss Kat? Whoa. <laughs> oh, folks. That is great am, work. Wow. Um, I am so glad you sent our dear technical engineer a printed version of that. He was almost able to post those and keep up with you. It's in the chat log, folks. Good. That's excellent. so good. Wonderful. That is an Wonderful. excellent spell. Now, I only have Thank one you. question, and I ask this question as if I were an innocent, never done this before. But if I put the, the candle in, how will I get the eggs and everything to burn? What are you going to make it to burn? Should you throw Florida water in and set it on fire? Should you, you throw, throw Florida um, water in there and set it on fire? Yes, you can. You how sure about, can. How about lay it on a bed of charcoal and throw lighter fluid on it? There, well, not too much lighter fluid now. Thank you, folks. Think about it first. A little bitty fire, not a big fire. We just want a little bitty fire, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm imagining a fire pit. I mean, whoa, let's throw a can of gasoline in. No, no not you got to be safe. Yes, yes. Thank you, first. You, by all means. <laughs> you got to be safe with fire, folks. you got to be safe with That's fire. Right. But a little That's bit of Florida right. water will burn a long way. Whiskey will burn. Brandy will burn. But I mm-hmm. like to use Florida water because it's a clean burn, very clean. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I, I, I don't like, uh, lighter fluid, because it has a harsh chemical smell. But that's just me. Yes, Some people don't yes, smell it. Um, but you could, if you were old school, put some charcoal down, put some twigs down, a little dry shavings and a little bit of paper, then lay everything on there and just build that thing. And then when you set it up, it'll just burn on down to the charcoal. Very nice way to work. Okay? So, wow. That is something. And um, 
that was my only question. She says, was that oh, your only question? Yeah, that was my only question. <laughs> this is a really well done spell. Well, thank you, Dr. Well, Manali. Yeah, that's a, that is excellent. That You know, you really nailed it on that one. And um, the idea of, um, of course, now you mentioned two red candles, and there are people angry enough that they would make a black candle for the opposition. Yes, they Just saying. Yes, mm-hmm. they would. Yes, mm-hmm. they would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are people who said, well, it was never a sexual thing, so I'm going to use white for myself and white for the other person because, you know, let's just let it go. So the color yeah, of the candle might be coded to what it was, you know, pink for mm-hmm. friendship. Exactly. Yeah. So, but uh, red is always a good choice because red is the lifeblood, the heart blood. Um, but mm-hmm. so it doesn't only mean sexual. It means passionate, but not only sexual. Right? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that was a phenomenal spell. I hope to see that printed in a book someday, Lady Muse. That's one that was is there for the ages. That's a good I'm one. I'm gonna let you have that one, Miss. I'm gonna let you have that one, Miss Cat. You could have that one. Okay? Well, it's it's <laughs> a good one. Yes, maybe when you. you write that, maybe when you write that book on care of the soul, that's going to be in oh. your book. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh Lord, help us all. <laughs> all right, we'll get to that later. All right, yes, Well, thank you so much for being our guest. We're going to let Papa Newt come me. in. and Yeah, we're going to let Papa Newt come in, and he's going to read our closing announcements in not too rushed a voice because I think I left him enough time, and then we'll all come back and say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat and Kanchan Ali, and thank you, Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Susan Barnes of SusanBarnesAuthor.com in Tulsa, Oklahoma, bringing us the topic on long-term thinking and root work. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at form.luckymojo.com and thecontraband.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. And in, and the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com slash RadioShow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt, and um, thank you, Conjurman Ali and Lady Always Muse. Always a pleasure. Um, it's been a wonderful show, and I would like to remind everybody that, yes, the Lucky Mojo July n- newsletter is late. Don't yell at me anymore, okay? It's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. We'll get it out before the end of July, I promise. I swear. <laughs> we'll do our best. Um, in the meantime, um, do stay in touch with us through the Lucky Mojo Forum. That's at forum.luckymojo.com. Ask your questions there, and we will answer them usually within 24 to 48 hours. Uh, Sister Jean, Ernie, me, uh, Papa Newt, lots of other moderators will get to you and help you out. All right, everybody, that's it for this show. Good night. Good night, all. Good night.